everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with me, your host, Melissa. Fish is out today, which is such a bummer, but we have a very special guest coming back for her second appearance on this podcast, the one and only Mandy Foreman. Now, as you know, this is a Felicity rewatch podcast. We used to watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it, but we just finished that exercise. We're done with that now. We're so excited about it. And we thought, what better way to cap off this podcast than with an interview to really rehash things with Mandy. So I am Melissa, of course. And as I said, you know, Fish, my partner in crime, unfortunately, she wasn't able to be here for this one, but we are joined by Mandy Foreman, the one and only Megan Rotundi. Welcome back. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, So you're the optimist, so we don't have a cynic today. We don't have a cynic today, although I've got to tell you that... You, you know, so you, when we finished up our last interview and we were off, rec- we we stopped recording and Fish and I were saying, okay, Mandy, are there any other sh- episodes of this show that you'd want to come back and cover? And you were like, how about the last five? I, I like the last five. Yeah. Thank goodness. Thank goodness you're here because I kind of turned into the cynic for the last five. So I know the I would say, you know, the fan base of Felicity is kind of split. Some people like the last five. Some people aren't fans. We were split. Fish and I, you know, it turns out Fish liked him. I wasn't a huge fan of those last five. So in a way, we still have an optimist and a cynic here. It's just just an alternate timeline with different people in those roles. Um, But yeah, we have so many questions about them. And Fish also compiled some questions here. So I think we should start there. Uh, First of all, so my understanding of the timeline here is that you all filmed all the way through the 17th episode of season four. You did the first finale and then the show got five more episodes and you came back and you did five more after it felt complete. So first things first, like how did it feel going back for those last five when you found out you were going to and, and the experience on set? Um. I am so checked out on all that stuff, which is bad for a career. (laughs) Um, And also I really wasn't in all of the, I mean, I wasn't, it's not like I was the lead of the show. So I I knew that we had ended and that we were coming back, but it wasn't as dramatic to me. I was just like, oh, cool. And then I thought, given what the circumstances were, I thought the writers did such a clever job that I was excited to come back and do more. I mean, it was such a fun job that I just, I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't surprised or shocked. I, I, I knew we had finished, but like I said, I was kind of checked out on the inner workings of it. Mm -hmm. So you basically experienced two series finales as a human. Um, I imagine that feels like a goodbye. Uh, I, I don't know what it feels like, but you know, you so you did it twice with episode seventeen and twenty two. Did those feel at all different to you in the experience of them? Yes, for sure. So wait, so remind me because the seventeen was the graduation, right? And that seventeen was the graduation, and I would say it had more of what you what feels like sort of the goodbye to everybody. Um, mm-hmm. because Felicity is graduating, you're all, most of you are graduating other than let's say Noel. Right. Um, and so 
she's kind of as the episode is wrapping up like she gets engaged with Ben and then they're not sure if they want to be engaged anymore because you know the 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 whole Lauren has her baby and so you have all that happen at the beginning of the episode she's making a decision I'm you know what I'm going to go back to New York I'm going to go back to Palo Alto instead of New York so as the graduation's happening we get a goodbye with basically every character including right. your character mm-hmm. and then um you get that that sort of coda at the end like oh six you know six months later and it sort of shows where she is now she's still talking with Megan um and then we get the tap on the shoulder at the bulletin board with Ben saying hey the hey that rocked the world so it felt a little bit more like a everybody gets their goodbye moment right. I would say and then you know with the final five episodes it was more like the the alternate timeline ends Noel has his wedding and you're all sitting at the reception um so I don't know does that sort of put you back in the mind frame like what did those two episodes feel like that's really I I don't remember what the time lapse was between doing the final seven the 17th one and then the 23rd one was it 22nd I think Mm -hmm. I I can't do that um, so, um, yeah, um, I remember it. I, rem- to me, the other one feels like more like a finale to me, the wedding and Greg or Sean, Greg giving that, that speech at the end at the wedding and the crew. And we were all really on board with it being the last, and we were all together for that. That was the last thing we shot as opposed to the other one, we, we were all given our goodbyes, but we weren't all in the same room. Mm-hmm. So that was a different thing. And this, this, that last day that we shot the wedding, um, we were all there all day. I mean, except for Tangi because she was, no, she was at the wedding. She, she was, was in that scene. That was Wait, super confusing. Oh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Oh my God. I'm so bad. Um, there was there was a scene that got cut where Felicity basically says to Tangi, says to um, Elena, don't go to, she gets in, she gives her a note saying, don't go to wherever Tangi gets killed. And Tangi doesn't go there and doesn't wind up getting killed. Yeah. Therefore, because it was confusing to the audience, like, why is she alive? We thought she was dead, right? I've got to be honest. So it's still confusing, even if you watch yeah. that scene, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fish and I, because because it it's in the DVD extras. So anybody mm-hmm. who had the bonus feature, the DVD set had the bonus features where they do show you. Um, I think JJ and Matt were interviewed for that. They gave some thoughts on what they were trying to do with it. And then it was sort of like a nightmare on Elm Street. We wanted her to bring something back from the dream world. And it was Elena. Um and it, it was interesting because Fish and I both had different ideas for, oh, how do you resolve the problems that still come up, even if you insert that scene back in? Then we had a couple couple listeners who had alternate ideas. So we all had different ways of saying, like, this still isn't quite working. Um, I don't know what Tangie thought of it when she was, when she, Tangie, they did her dirty. We did an interview. With her. <laughs> we did an interview with her for this podcast that that Spotify is doing about Felicity, and um, she was very like, "Oh yeah, it was odd. It was weird. I mean, she she was. 
a little bit confused when she saw it. She's like, I, th- I did think we we shot a scene that wasn't in the finale. And we were like, yeah, but you know, it's so long ago and she's so moved on that she didn't have any bad feeling about it. She was just like, yeah, that was weird, <laughs> but not really hadn't like kept it in her mind as a question to, to, to ruminate over for 20 years. You know, she'd sort of, she's like, yeah, it is kind of weird, which I agree. It is kind of weird. Also from your position as an actor, you know what you shot, but you don't know what the editing looked like, you know? No. Yeah, you no. don't have control over that. So it's like, oh, well, you don't know if dialogue was given to another character that explains the thing that you don't think makes sense for what you did. It doesn't, though. And they cut that scene. And I don't know why. I, I really don't. In fact, we talked to Josh Reams, who's a writer on the show. He wrote a bunch of episodes. He's so great. And he also was like, I don't know why they cut it. It was like 10 seconds. And they cut it. They could have cut so many other things. Like they could have cut some of the... um the, the, the scene with um, Korsakoff. Like we could have cut some of that stuff. We it was a clip show. It was a clip show. They <laughs> easily cut a clip or two to put to put that in, which was way more important and integral to the story. And Especially if it. you've paid people to be on set to create new content. Yeah. And then you're just like, let's just use the old content. It's like, well. It weird. I mean, I the whole the whole concept... What did you think about the concept of time travel and all that? Um, So this is where I'm going to try to represent both fishes and my thoughts. Fish felt like, hey, it's more Felicity. Glad to have more Felicity. There are she for her. She had to disregard the idea of it ever being time travel, because if she accepted that it was time travel and the whole Elena thing happens and you and Noel dies like those things being changed, she's like, there's way too many problems with going back to the future with things landing the way they did. So she accepted it as a fever dream and was happy enough with that. She was like, I'm happy to have the last five. She would watch them again. There were moments that felt, felt really good to her. She had one episode. I think she rated a 9.5 out of 10. Um, So like very different experiences for me, I had problems even with the first 10 minutes of episode 18, where we got into like, before anybody even asked me to believe in fever dreams or time travel in 10 minutes, like we end episode 17 with this, um, like if you're a Ben and Felicity fan, an amazing, oh, wow. Like they live happily ever after weirdly with a, you know, co-parenting, you know, like, yeah, you get that moment and you get 0.02 seconds to appreciate it because within the first, you know, few minutes of the next episode, Elena dies, Ben cheats on Felicity. And I'm like, not on board with that. They didn't, there wasn't enough time to get me there. Um, and the reason that all of this happens is that Felicity is like, I don't want a world where Ben's going to cheat on me. I want to be with Noel. So it's like, but I wasn't with you yet for any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, then we go into alternate timeline. And my biggest issue with the alternate timeline is that it felt like in some episodes more than others, the characters were completely different people. Like, they almost had completely different personalities and Mm -hmm. I was like what am I watching because this doesn't feel like I'm watching more Felicity 
So those were, those were some of my feelings about it, but I am curious, like when you saw what was on the page, when you also, what was on the page, what were the feelings about doing these last five, the way the story went, was there a feeling on set about it? Um, I don't know about on set. I know for me, I felt I was so impressed because it was really like, you finished this thing. They thought they were done and now they have to go back. And I think I was not in the writer's room, but I think the question was, well, what are we going to do? Show her like living in an apartment with Ben and oh man, let's not paint the wall. Let's paint, let's put, you know, it's just so mundane and um, anticlimactic that I think that's why they were like, well, what if she said, hey, what if it was like a sliding doors kind of thing? And her in her mind, she's like, God, maybe because yeah, to me, I was not surprised that he cheated. I mean, Ben has never been the greatest boyfriend. I mean, throughout the whole show, has he been consistent? Not really. And it's always up and down and he's so volatile and he's so mercurial and all of that stuff. Noel was the one who was really stalwart and really stayed. We actually found the reverse when we were covering it. Really? Because every time Noel had an opportunity to choose Felicity, he chose somebody else. He chose Hannah. He chose Ruby. He chose Hannah again in the alternate timeline. It was like, oh man, Um, Ben doesn't actually cheat on her. Uh, When he's with Lauren, they were broken up. When he, the stickiest one is Avery. People get really weird about the Avery stuff. Yeah. Um. But it's so strange, I think, depending on how you how you look at those characters is interesting that your your gut reaction is he wasn't a good boyfriend. My gut reaction ultimately is that she has to be with Ben. She has to be with Ben. It's so clear throughout the whole series that he's the one that she's drawn to. He's the most she he's the one she left her whole life behind for. And he, she has to wind up with him, but I don't, didn't trust him because of all of his, I don't know. He's just kind of got that loosey goosey, like, I don't really know where he stands kind of thing as a character, which is part of what makes him so appealing. And Noel is much more grounded. Um, But you're right. You know, he does, he doesn't choose Felicity often. I guess to me, I just think of that as like, he knows she's not going to choose him ultimately. I don't know. Ben, Ben is just, she had to be with Ben. And so, and I did not, I was not surprised that he would cheat. I, I'm not surprised that he would cheat and then go apologize for it and beg her to forgive him. But how can she? And then that sets her off on this, on this question in her mind, like, well, what if, what if I chose the other guy? And again, like, what do you do as a writer when you've finished, you've sewn it all up, you've tied the bow, you're finished. To me, this was a very creative way of sort of going back in and seeing what if she made a different choice? Oh, if she made that other choice, she still winds up with Ben. It all roads lead to Ben, which was the point. And um, so I loved it. Yeah. Do you, do you have any specific memories from shooting, like any favorite memories from shooting those last five, maybe not scenes, but just being back? I, I really loved getting to work with Carrie. And I know you said the, the characters didn't act like themselves and I guess not. Um, but 
what I loved so much about it was that Carrie got to be funny because she's really funny and the character got to be funny and confused, which I didn't think was out of line with the character. I thought it was like, yeah, I would be out of my mind too. If I, wait, what? I'm back in time. Wait, what? Like to me, it was perfectly valid that she behaved that way. Um, and I loved that she got to be funny and we got to do so much stuff together. Um, so I really enjoyed it. I loved all my stuff with Carrie, which most of it was with Carrie, I think. Most of it was with Carrie. I mean, you have like a very important shift in your storyline because in the original timeline, um, Elena and Tracy get all the way to the wedding and decide not to do it. So Megan and Sean get married instead. But because Elena and Tracy don't go, like they call it off before they get to the location, Megan and Sean don't get married. So it's a very interesting, like you have a lot of scenes with Greg, but you don't have the dynamic, like it's, it's mostly a weird tense. We just broke up mm-hmm. sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what was it like to play? Like you're really coming off of a, a very different energy. You were, uh, I don't know, happily married, well-coordinated couple, I think in the, you know, there was a dynamic there that made sense. And then you come back for the last five and you have to be sort of at each other's throats. I mean, Sean and Megan are never going to be this like blissfully happy. We don't argue couple anyway. They're just not built that way to me. To me, they are like, what is the word oil and vinegar? Like we just, we, we, and certainly mostly coming from Megan, she's got a lot of fire and um so they argued a bunch and I don't think that would have stopped if they'd gotten married or not gotten married I think it was it was par for the course so when they're arguing a bunch I'm just like oh yeah that's that's the way they do it that's how they go (laughs) it it wasn't hard for me at all because getting married doesn't change a dynamic Mm -mm. you know I mean I'm not married but I don't think it does fair enough life lessons for Mandy (laughs) (laughs) You're the same person the day you get married as the day after you get married you're the same you know it's so true well if we okay so if we look back if we look at the whole show did you have a favorite storyline now that we've seen it all mm-hmm. what jumps out for you um I loved the episode where I rip the picture gets ripped up and I've, I'm not, I don't even know how much I'm in it specifically, but the, I, I, I make a spell, mm-hmm. clove, yep. I need a clove and all that. I'm so sorry that I didn't rewatch this. So I, I think it was, uh, I think that was season one, the maybe. force maybe, um, mm-hmm. where they're trying to get Ben and Felicity back or together. Uh, well, and- no, I think I'm not, I'm trying not, I'm trying to split them up because when I don't, doesn't the picture get ripped up? And then I I try to cast a spell. I, I cast a clumsy spell. So he falls, right? And he hits his head. And I'm trying to convince her like. That's, uh, so that's, that's season four. That's the alternate timeline. Okay. But there was an episode where there's a picture of all of us together. Yep. Or them. And I it gets ripped up and I tape it back together. And I tape it back together wrong. Yeah. And I tape her next to Ben. Yeah, that's season one. Yeah. And that's where the cloves fall on her head or yeah. fall on his head. And I'm like, oh, they're miss it's missing clove. Mm-hmm. And the clove, the box of cloves falls on her head and 
it's I'm really really recalling it badly but I love that I just like that kind of stuff I just like that story in terms of what I did specifically I liked it all yeah it's always fun yeah was was there anything that wasn't your favorite storyline maybe for Megan's or anybody's you know Um, we don't have to well for me they wanted for me to be in a band and I said no because I thought that was so jumping the shark I just didn't want to be Megan to be in a band. That was just so bad. Um, um, for anybody else, I mean, the the Leon stuff was a little, eh, that was a little much. The Natalie stuff, I was like, really, you know. And there, sometimes some of the episodes, there there was a period of time. I don't even think I'm in them that much, or certainly if I am, it's not. I'm not the main focus, which I was rarely the main focus. But there was a, there were a bunch of episodes where. Um, Henri Lubati comes in, the son of the professor. Yes. He comes in and then there's a dog and then and then Ben and, and Terry Polo have an affair. And like, it's also kind of like spread out. And then Ruby and Noel are together. And I, to me, those episodes feel um, disconnected because they kind of are like they're they introduced all these characters that we don't really know anything about them so we can't invest in them yeah and I, so that really and I didn't like how everybody treated the dog including myself like I was like who who am I I forgot I had the dog mm-hmm. and I didn't like that whole episode with the dog because like no it's not okay like everyone's like oh that stupid dog ripped up my this and that and it's like excuse me <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to say like 95% of the people who listen to this podcast feel really validated because uh, those episodes, I feel like were maybe even a dark period in terms of comments. Like, you know, people were not as much of a fan. People I think were particularly bored by the David and Felicity relationship. Yeah. And because, you know, and it's no, it's nothing against the actor um or even or any of or any of the writers it's just yeah it was it was like a one-off it was like an offshoot and we couldn't get invested and we really just want to see her with with Noel and Ben Mm -hmm. I mean we wanted them to be the satellites around and they kind of were but it was way too much into that character and he was so wishy-washy and it's like why isn't he wanting to sleep with her and then he's afraid of but I did like the scene um the is it Christmas where Thanksgiving maybe Thanksgiving where where Noel gets really drunk Mm -hmm. and makes a pass at like I like I did like that that scene that whole dinner was really funny I thought it was great that was a great comedic episode and you had some really funny stuff because you were there but you were supposed to be throwing a dinner for the kids at the dorm and just like sitting there that was funny like that's really funny writing like I I swear to god I could watch there are dead points in probably most episodes but I think overall writing is so clever and so funny that I I I really liked that part of it it was really good yeah yeah I mean um funnily enough you know when we looked back at our ratings across the four seasons season two is actually our favorite By a little margin. I mean, it was like season one just barely came in under that. Um, I don't know if I thought that was how it was going to land. But when we were watching it, we were really enjoying the watch. And actually, once we got to the sort of Felicity Gregg era and all the episodes that come in in that space, we actually really loved 
um, the tensions that that character created and, and your character had like this secret I've loved him forever thing going on. And so you were always, you were like more in there than normal, which was nice. Cause that felt like the dawn of a new era. <laughs> you were sort of coming onto our screens. So funny, yeah. I mean, I forget about that. That character was so unlikable that Greg character, like everything he did was just so shitty. And I just, cause I just had to rewatch that for this other thing. And I was just like, why, why does she like him? I could not figure it out. I, Megan, who knows? I mean, she just likes things for whatever, the, whatever reason, we don't have to have a justification, but I couldn't figure out why Felicity kept letting him go with all the crappy things that he did. You know, I was, it was confusing to me. Mm, fair enough. Yeah. Well, okay. So that's some of the stuff that was happening for you on screen, but there's a storyline. There's a storyline that I really wish we would have gotten more of. Um, Megan and her parents. Oh yeah. And you know, so we see start of season one, you're Maggie wearing floral dresses, Mm -hmm. right? And then at some point, Megan just says to us, no, I just uh, one day went back home like myself and it, you know, that's thanks. No, I'm, it's fine. I'm, I'm like, I can be me now. And then we get to a point where like, your Megan's father disowns you for marrying Sean, like what a journey. And then we get all the way into season four, your sister comes, she's pregnant. You call your mom while you're possibly in this weird tense moment with your dad and your mom comes and you, you have a very like, be the mom here, mom moment. She listens to you. I thought there was like, we only got these little snippets of moments but I thought it was fascinating what was there. And I'm just curious, like, what do you think was happening off screen with those relationships? Did you, did you ever think about like, where is Megan right now in terms of her independence or her relationship with her family? Well, doesn't she say it? I mean, I didn't have not rewatched that. Um, Even if you did, like, you're just getting these moments um, I mean, I would say kids grow up and it seems like her parents were were on board with it and she's found her voice. And I think it's, I think it's all very real. I think that's the way it works, isn't it? When we grow up. I think so. I mean, in a, in a way, I think it was very underreported, but I, I think Megan actually was having a similar maybe there were similar beats to the story of her and her parents as Felicity was having with hers. It's just, sure. We were seeing Um, one of them on screen and one of them was sort of like happening off screen. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the, the beats to every relationship, every, I mean, most parental relationships with their kids when they reach that age where they just start to assert really who they want to be and who they are. And the parents are either on board with it or they're not. Interesting that you bring up her parents because we just, I just saw Eve Gordon, her mom, who played her mom on the show. Eve is so freaking funny. Like, it's too bad she didn't get to be as funny as she is on the show, but God, she's great. She was amazing. She was amazing on the show. Um, She also was somebody who just kind of parachuted in for a few scenes here and there. And then every single time, it was like, how is it that Eve Gordon gave us an hour's worth of things to talk about with a look? Mm-hmm. You know, it was just, we could never believe how much she put <laughs> into 
it, there's like a whole arc for, for Barbara. Oh yeah. And you barely ever see her. I agree. And I love this scene. It was so good. She did such a good job and the writing that they did for her was so good and so smart. Like the, the, the scene where Felicity tells her, um, I, you know, we always used to go get hamburgers together and I went and got a hamburger by myself and it was the best hamburger I ever had. And her mother takes it. We were taught, we talked about that. And she, it was like, God, I couldn't believe my character was so shitty about it. I'm like, no, it was so real. Like that hurts so bad when your kids are like, you know, I'm done. I'm not your kid anymore. I'm my own person is very painful. I would imagine for a parent and she played it so well and they wrote it so well. I thought it was great. And you know, within that scene, so that's in the pilot. Um, mm-hmm. and, well, that was like right up front in the beginning of the show. And there's a scene where, you know, a dinner, an awkward dinner table scene, like the first awkward dinner table scene of many right. that we're going to see with Felicity and her parents. And right. in addition to the tensions that you feel between mom and daughter, you can already see the tensions between husband and wife in that situation. Cause Edward Porter is so domineering in that conversation. And you can see the moments where Barbara gives a look like, okay, that thing you said, we didn't talk about that. Right. Like, yeah. and I, there's nothing I can do about it. And then in season four in the graduation episode, we have another almost a mirror dinner scene or lunch scene. And Barbara's a different person. In yeah. that dynamic, she actually is standing up for herself and she is sort of like putting him in his place in a couple of moments. And it's like, whoa, there was a, a lot happened to get from that to this. Um, uh, with the parent, with Megan's parents, do you think like, did you ever see, were they trying to put anything like that into their dynamic or was it more about how Megan related to them? It's more about Megan, I think. But I love those actors and Nancy Linehan specifically, who's so great on Veep. Did you see her on Veep? No. Oh my God. She plays Jonah's mother on Veep and she's just, he's horrible. I don't know. Did you watch that show? It doesn't have to talk about it. It's a different show. Let's not talk about it. Anyway, he plays a terrible, terrible person and she's hilarious. It's very funny. Um, yeah, no, I don't think so. I think it was purely to show that Megan it was just really about Megan. It was less more less about them than it was about Megan and about just giving the opportunity to see her, who she really is or who she's trying to hide, who she's been before she got to college and got to blossom <laughs> and be the uh, the goth that she always wanted to be, the club kid. Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, taking this in another direction. Um, so therapy on this show therapy really was a major story point for quite a few characters especially when we get to season four like Megan and Sean go to couples counseling Noel goes to a therapist and is diagnosed with depression Zoe you know connects with him because of her depression Mm -hmm. um so there's a lot at the time Fish and I were kind of going back and saying were any other shows really talking about this at that time? And we were struggling to come up with that list. So it feels like Felicity was sort of paving some new ground in this area and trying to figure out how to talk about therapy. And it's a little clunky, like looking back at it now with, with a 2020, 
three mindset. It's like, okay, like it wasn't perfect how we were talking about it then, but this is how we were, this, this is somebody trying to talk about it then. Um, so I guess like, you know, you were in a lot of scenes, well, some scenes with, with therapy, Megan, I think was trying to even be a psychiatrist at one point. So, you know, what are your thoughts about like school teacher? Wasn't she yeah. a school teacher too? Um, mm-hmm. um, I, that didn't, that never occurred to me before, but you're right. I'm, I mean, of course the Sopranos is all about going to therapy. And when did that show come out? I don't remember the nineties. That feels like it must've been later. Oh, maybe I can't remember. I can do a real quick check on it. If you want to little computers right here, right next to us. Sure do. Um, 1999 to 2007. So it was around the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, cause Felicity started in 98. So that was all about therapy, of course. Right. It was all about him going to his therapist about his, um, <laughs> murdering people and feeling bad about it. Um, <laughs> Um, so I don't, we weren't unique and certainly Frazier is about a therapist as well, but, um, about kids going to therapy, I think in that way, it was unique. I can't think of another show that really delved into that. There might've been, um, yeah, I mean, I thought that was, that was, that was great and very true and very something that everybody should be open to and up for, you know? Mm. You had some, through your storyline related to Sean and Megan going to a couple's counselor, you had some scenes with Terry Garr. Yeah. Do you remember anything about working with her? She was great. I mean, she was just so, it was so easy. She's so easy and so easily fell into her, the Terry Garness of her, you know, which is just like so unique and so such a breath of fresh air she's just she's just so much fun she was great she was super nice and super easy and knew all of her stuff knew what she was going to do and was effortless it was great yeah yeah um it those scenes were just like it was so they because they were meant to be like so heartbreaking because Megan and Sean are really in a bad place and they're really cutting into each other yeah but they were so wacky yeah (laughs) I mean, Sean's a little, he's a little much with the freaking smooth A's and the bar mitzvah and like, oh my God, it was all about Sean all the time. I felt Sean was a lot. I love Greg so much. And I don't know if he would agree with me, but to me, I look at it and I'm like, Jesus, take the money, A, take the money. Like he wouldn't take the money and all this furniture gets taken away. Just take the money. You know what I mean? And let's go to the freaking villa in, in wherever it was, Italy. I forget. Let's go and go because her parents are rich. Certainly <laughs> who knew? Um, so yeah, Greg's a lot. I mean, not Greg, but, but Sean, and then the, um, the testicular cancer. And it's always about Sean. <laughs> but he Which was a fun. bit of a shame because we wanted to see more. We wanted to, he had a bunch of like, discovering Judaism like you know he he found these really important impactful storylines um or the writers found them for his character and then felt like can we give Megan like one like really big one I think on a rewatch um I was surprised and I think we landed where it was, it was sort of like, can we get justice for for Megan and Elena here? Because I, I feel like I wanted to see both of those characters get something with a lot of meat as we got into season three or four. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a function of, 
Well, there's a few things. I mean, I don't know. Elena had some, I mean, her whole thing with Tracy was certainly. After Tracy, it's like, she is the character who gives other characters phones. Mostly that is the case for ancillary characters. I mean, Sean had a lot to do. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it's a function of we're not the top of the call sheet. It's really about Felicity. Also, it's, I, I hate to say it's sexist, but there is a little bit of sexism going on. You know, that whole argument <clears throat> like actually Eve was talking to me about that. She's like, you know, you don't, they don't write. There's no roles for women over 48. Like the, there's not 48 the cutoff. And um, I was like, yeah, I, I guess for guest stars, if you're not famous, it seems to be. Um, but I, I don't know. I have this, I just, I just, I, I, she's let her hair go gray and she's like, and I'm like, well, you could dye your hair because she looks really young. I'm like, you could dye your hair. I go, but that's, you know, there's a, that's a whole separate conversation, but like sexism in this industry is what it is. And to me, I have to just do what, what, what I do and make the best of it. Cause I can't, my railing against it doesn't do anything. I can write my own stuff. Oh, this sounds terrible what I'm saying out loud. Well, I think it's an interesting thing to bring up because we are in a time right now where we are seeing more uh, production companies run by women, more more uh, major starring roles for women, but a lot of the same women are getting those roles. So it's like, on the one hand, it looks like there's more opportunity, but it sounds like there's more opportunity if you're in a certain place in your career, um, yeah, yeah. It's still, it doesn't sound like it feels like it's changing for you. No, but again, I mean, I, I feel like what I said to Eve, I'm like, you know, you kind of got to play the game. And if you, you do look older with your hair gray, so dye your hair back to blonde and play 48. Cause you can, but then are you playing into that machine? Are you giving in? Um, I, yeah. So like, there's that whole dichotomy. And in terms of this show and the writing, I was happy that to be, to be there. I was, I liked my storylines. And sometimes I think with a character like Megan, you don't need too much of it. Um, it's there to, to add levity here and there. And if it were the main focus, I don't know if it would go over too well. It's like eating chocolate for an entire meal like a little chocolate at the end is kind of perfect. That's like the perfect metaphor for me. Uh, <laughs> you can bring chocolate in in any way. That's it. <laughs> I mean, do I sound like, like I, I'm like, I'm like giving in to the man. I, I don't mean to be, I just kind of feel like there's a game set up and you don't have the power. You just do the game as best you can. And then like for, for Eve, she's teaching this class at this college over here in LA. And she's like, I never knew I would love it so much. Mm. So she's finding a different path for herself. Um, You know, you find different avenues, but within that game, I cannot personally change that structure. I don't have the power and railing against it and getting mad about it and getting pissed about it doesn't help me in my personal life day to day. So just to be happier in my life, I go, that's how it is. 
And if I win the game, sometimes then I'm happy. If I don't win the game, other times I do something else because it's really not the end all be all. It doesn't happen. I think it's so important that you're sharing this because as somebody who, I mean, I listen to a lot of interviews, process interviews with actors, directors, whoever I can find, uh, writers, and the company line from women when they're asked questions like this in the last few years is no, it's getting better, but there's still a ways to go. But the women they're interviewing are in their top of the call sheet on the projects that they're on. And so it's a very, it sounds like it's a very skewed way of looking at the answer. And there is in fact, a bunch of work to be done. Um, For sure. I mean, I mean, for sure. But you, even though there are a lot more women in charge, I mean, Shonda Rhimes, she's not exactly writing lead roles for women over 50. Do you know what I mean? And she is a woman and she's a woman of color, but the women of color, well, that's not true. Viola Davis, but she's Viola Davis. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's ish, you know, there are women in charge, but they still have to pay the bills too. And you have to be cognizant of what people want to see. And there's this idea that people, I mean, listen, I'm talking out of my ass. I don't know. It's a complicated issue and it's way too big of an issue for me to tackle. I can only tackle my little tiny lawn. I mean, thank you for voicing it. I I think it's helpful to know where things, you know, from multiple perspectives where it feels like things stand right now. I think there are a lot of industries that are going through similar growing pains or should be, but aren't. And so it's like, you know, where, where are we right now with this really? Um, I mean, talk to women about their salary too. Uh, Women in this industry are still getting screwed. Um, It happened to Emma Stone. Um, What was it? she was working on something and, you know, people, men routinely get paid more than their female co-part co co-stars. And it's, it's absolutely, it's one thing if you're with Tom Cruise and you're, you know, me, if I'm in a movie with Tom Cruise, obviously I'm not going to get paid as much as he does because he's the one who's bringing in the box office. But if you're Emma Stone and you're working with Ryan Gosling and I'm making it up because I don't know what they got paid on LA story, whatever the hell that movie was called. Yeah. La La Land. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but say if you're those two, there's no excuse to not pay her as much. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the women routinely get paid less, even if they are as big of a box office draw as the man that they're with. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. I don't know. It's I mean, there's there's a lot of work to be done and I'm all for it. And I wish I was more powerful and I could just wave a magic wand and make it the way I want it to be. Oh, don't we all? Well, I'll I'll uh, do some sort of a, a clunky thing to get this back to to a lighter place. Yeah. Um, Megan does have a transformation, like a fairly major transformation in season four of fashion. And uh, man, you know, it's too bad Fish isn't here for this one because I should not be, everybody knows I should not be talking about fashion. So I'm going to hand this directly over to you. Like there's a major look change, maybe more than one you might argue in season four. Mm-hmm. Um what what was that like for you? It was fun. It, you know, it was fun in in the uh, because it, the 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 makeup and and the wardrobe and everything. They were a lot on a day. To it was like a lot of time in the makeup chair, 
And then a lot of jewelry and heavy, heavy shoes and lots of clothing and lots of layers with the, the, the original look with like the club kit look. And then um, it got a lot simpler and more streamlined with the other look. And I guess, I think they just felt, I think upstairs creative people felt like it would be fun to have a change because she had been the same for the first three years. So let's give her a little bit of an update. And they did after the, I think it's after the Halloween party because I dressed like, um, Jackie. Yeah. 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 Um, and so they were, I think they were just like, oh, let's, let's shift it up a bit. It wasn't like a giant conversation or anything. It was just kind of, let's see what this, what happens with this. And did that mean that you then had less time that you needed to, yeah. I had much less time. And then when I was done with work, I didn't have to spend an hour taking it off. Mm. I could just kind of leave and go do whatever I wanted to do after work or whatever. If I had to stop at the market on the way home, I didn't, you know, that kind of thing. Um, It was just a lot easier, a lot easier. And I liked it. I liked it. I mean, when I look back on it, I prefer the gothy stuff because it's just so funny, but it does make sense. And it's certainly in, 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 the idea of the character evolving, it does speak to that, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Well, are there any, is there anything from playing Megan, from Megan as a character that you learned, absorbed in four years and took into your own life? Um, Megan, the character is not far from me in a, in a way um <clears throat> because i can be super snarky too but i'm i'm less often snarky than she was <laughs> i can i can do it but it's not my entire personality um i think i don't know i i wish that i'd played the i what did i learn from her i don't know that i learned a lot from her but i have a lot of affection from her there there were times when <clears throat> megan um was supposed to be emotional and I would fight against that as an actor. And as an actor, I wish I'd leaned into it hard. Like I wish when I look back, I wish that when Megan is saying goodbye to Felicity, she'd been weeping, like sobbing to the point where it's uncomfortable because that's funny. And it speaks to, it's just more interesting and a really fun side of her. Like, no, she cries really hard too you know, that would be funny. Right. And like much more interesting. And I just fought against it. So I don't know what I learned from Megan. I just, I like the character a lot. And I, if I had it to do again, I'd do that differently. Interesting. I think your original choices are pretty fascinating also. Um, Cause it's like, she's so out there, but yeah. then when it comes to goodbyes or being emotional, sh- there's like a wall, there's a restraint that's like completely the opposite of how she is about every single other thing. Right. So it's like a funny little coping mechanism where she's just like, no, I'll tell you like it is, except when I'm not feeling good about things and I'm going to bottle it up real tight. <laughs> And it's yeah, like, and I, oh. I, I, that's, I think was my thought, but when I, when I look back on it, I'm like, no, oh, she should have gone for that hard also. Cause that's funny and mm-hmm. interesting and unexpected really just, 
<laughs> but I didn't. Um, but no, I, I agree with you. I mean, that's what that was my thinking. Like, yeah, she doesn't let anyone see anything. Nothing. There's nothing going on in here. This I'm all tough all the time. So I'm going to hold it all in. And um, which is true and how people are to a large extent. But it's less interesting than just being a blubbering idiot. Because well, maybe one day we're going to get to see Megan, you know, circa now and well, she's evolved into this person who can just freely release those emotions. Maybe. I mean, I believe me, people have asked um, if if there would be a reunion and Carrie, they've all both Scott's and Carrie have said yes, if JJ and Matt were involved. And I don't I don't see them doing it. I don't see those two men. That's more people than I thought would be ready to do it though already they say it i mean i know carrie would i know she would and i scott speedman he says he would but i know he surprises me like the whole like will you go to new york and i thought he'd say no and he did say yes it was surprising what's a separate conversation um foley he says he would but again you i'm not sure i can't i couldn't i couldn't predict but carrie would absolutely of course it has a lot to do with what people are working on and and availability and all that but i just hearing that all you know all those people are are keen on the idea i didn't know that they were so jj and matt are involved because Mm -hmm. it's like who wants to do a reboot if it's stinky you know yeah it's really good and it would be really good with those guys and i would think it would only be like it, at the most a limited series or maybe just a one-off well that's the beauty of this time that we're in i mean i think it's very acceptable to do a one season short run i mean gilmore girls did uh four episodes yeah. four movie length episodes wow i didn't know that um it's been you know people have have come up with formats that it just like gives you a little more story and it could be done. Well, I, so I know you've been really generous with your time. Um, and I'm, I'm, it's been so exciting to talk with you and hear all the things that you have to say, but I wanted to end with, you know, is there anything coming up for you that you want to share anything that you're working on anything you're excited about for the year ahead? So, yeah, so there is a, um, Felicity podcast that, um, is being done by Spotify. Um, I don't know who reached out to who, but somehow Bad Robot, JJ's company, is involved. And um, Spotify's doing it. This woman, Juliet Littman, is hosting it. And Greg Grunberg and I are co-hosting it, which has been really fun. Um, and we're interviewing a bunch of people that were involved in the show. We did Amy Joe, We did Tangi. We did, um, I don't think Ian said yes, but we did both Scott's, Greg, I mean, sorry, JJ, Matt. Um, Eve? Was Eve part of that? Eve. Mm-hmm. And also I didn't do um, the guy who played her husband, Eric. I didn't do Eric, but Greg did. We're switching off. Um, so I can't think who Eric, I mean, who Greg did, but we're doing basically everybody. The only person who said no, I think was Ian Gomez. We did Robbie Benedict, Robert Patrick Benedict, which was so fun. And they flew me and Scott to New York to interview Carrie in person which was so much fun. And as I was saying, um, when they came to me and they were like, would you want to fly to New York? And I thought, no, but, um, but I, and then, but I was like, oh, Scott will never do it. So I said, well, you know, if Scott says yes, then I will. And Scott said, yes, <laughs> So, <laughs> went, but it was really, really fun. Scott Speedman, not, not fully. Um, we got to go to New York. We stayed at this beautiful hotel and got to go to Brooklyn and the Spotify offices and interview Carrie. And it was super, super fun. 
Wow. So yeah. it's a, it's an interview based podcast. It sounds like. Podcast. Yeah. And yeah. And they're, they're sort of, she's tying it in with the, the, the things that were going on at the time in the culture um, in 1998 and, and just having specific memories and then tying it all in with larger ideas about the culture and about TV and uh, men and women and all that stuff that we are so different now. Things are so different now than they were then in the culture in so many ways. Yeah, uh, it sounds amazing. And I know a lot of people listening to this are going to be very excited. And it sounds like you're not sure when it's going to drop yet, but we should I stay don't. tuned. We were supposed, it was supposed to possibly uh, premiere in September, but we had to not do, we, we, we put all these interviews on hold doing them because of the strike. So now it's been pushed and I'm not sure when it's going to start, but I'll let you know. Yeah. Everybody stay tuned for that because this is content we need to see. This is a little, little gift for all of us, a big gift for all of us. That's a lot. of. It sounds like you've got almost everybody to do interviews. Almost everybody. I'm trying to even think if anyone said no. And Ian, it was like a scheduling thing. I can't remember why he didn't, but yeah, we got pretty much everybody. We didn't get Nancy Linehan, who I would have loved, who I should have pushed for, but I wasn't thinking who played my mom. God, she's so funny. Um, yeah, we got most people. Was any crew or? Yes, we got a bunch of the writers mm-hmm. and um, we got Ken Olin. I believe Ken did it. I didn't interview him, but I think Greg did. Um, yeah, the, uh, Larry Trilling, who directed a ton of them, who's a really good friend of mine, got him and Josh Reams, who's a writer. We're still waiting for Jennifer Levin to see if she we can get her, but it's been hard to schedule her. She was a writer. Um, trying to think crew wise, crew wise, no, but like writers and producers, mm-hmm. and directors. Yes. A bunch. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. yeah. It's got some really good, uh, you know, names that we were constantly reading off in our list of who wrote and directed. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I, I I'm so excited that we got a chance to sort of wrap up the podcast with you and my goodness, it was getting a little dark there at the end for us. So I feel like this is a nice way to like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us or me, Mandy. And, um, you know, uh, just best of luck with the podcast and with everything that you're doing and thank you everybody for listening. Bye. Goodness, everybody. That was, that was amazing. First of all, not only did we get really interesting thoughts about the show, but we also got some really interesting thoughts about the industry and and stuff that I don't know if everybody's as interested in it as I am, but you know, I, I love to hear Mandy's perspective on how things really are right now. Um, but what a wonderful chance to talk with her and hopefully look guys, I know I was a bit of a wet blanket by the time we got to the last five episodes and I've been pretty bummed about that because I love the show Felicity and at the end, it probably sounded like I didn't, but um, you know, hopefully between fish being the optimist on the last five and then us being able to do that season recap and this interview with Mandy, hopefully we feel like we ended this on a positive note, despite the fact that for the one and only time ever fish couldn't be here, but We are both so thankful to all of you for listening. 
It's been such a fun ride. We have enjoyed all of the comments, all of the questions you asked, all of the questions you answered. There were people who did some serious digging and sleuth work to find answers to things that we raised or even didn't. Um, and it, I think it just really added to all of our understanding of the show. And we're happy that this is out there now, out there for the world to hear. And it's, you know, we're all part of the history around the community of Felicity. And, you know, we're glad to be part of it with you. And I am so excited that Mandy just said that there's going to be an interview series coming out with cast members and some crew directors and writers. So we all have that to look forward to. And thank you once again, everybody for joining us. That's it for today. Until next time, don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. Bye.